Good morning to you all. Uh, for this week and uh, next week, we're going to do the preliminary of uh, Isaiah. This week, I'm going to give you an introduction to the book of Isaiah. And next week, I'll give you the background of Isaiah to put you into a context of uh, the, the historical context of Isaiah. Now, as I was putting all my thoughts together in my research as, re as regard to how to introduce the book of Isaiah, a memory of a hike up the Grampian, the pinnacle lookout trail, sort of came to my mind. I'm sure quite a few of you probably have done that hike. Now, it's 2.1 kilometer in terms of a distance. It's challenging because from the car park up to the lookup, you need about, it's a 400 meter climb, a 400 meter up climb. And uh, I put two hours there. I just did not know whether I did it two hours one way or two hours both way, but it, it, it was a challenging climb for me. And we were promised that at the end, when we actually reached the pinnacle at the lookout, we will be greeted with a beautiful sight, a glorious sight. And we, and I was not disappointed, because when I reached there, at they, they have a platform jutted out where you can stand and, uh, you know, looking out your feet is, is a 600 meter cliff down, straight down. You can look far and see the beautiful plains as well as look at the valley and the, there's a few houses there. And, uh, I, I remember perhaps one of the house there have an ice cream stand which I was longing to go down to get. But it's a beautiful sight. It was actually worth the challenge to go all the way up. But, but that was not all what I encountered. As I was walking up the trail, and when I got tired, I stopped, and instead of looking at my feet where I'm going to put the next step on the rock so that I do not slip or fall, and I start to look around. Every time I stop, I see amazing view. Amazing view. It could be the, again, from this part where I stop looking at the horizon, at the plain, at the different side, or looking at the rock foundations. Every time I stop, I was, I was greeted with amazing view. And there was, there was also a waterfall somewhere halfway there, and, uh, it is really nice to just duck into the cool of the waterfall in this, in this, uh, uh, what do you call, in the rather hot day when I was hiking up. Now, similarly, the book of Isaiah. Now, at the end of the book of Isaiah, we have, in chapter 66, the glorious vision of the new heaven and the new earth. Beautiful vision at the end. 
But I found that in preparing, reading the whole Isaiah, doing food, uh, doing uh, outline of almost 30 chapters now of Isaiah, every place of Isaiah, you find meaningful passages, devotional thoughts, things will instruct us, things which will actually show the glory of God. So, the journey of Isaiah, I believe, will to be uh, to us will be this way too. There will be lots of beautiful ground we're going to actually go through as we actually go through this book of Isaiah. Now, of course, every single book in the Bible is profitable for training, for our devotion, for us to contemplate for our walk in Jesus Christ. Every single book have that beauty and that richness for us. But some books contribute more than the others. Some books contribute more than the others. And Isaiah is one of those few books which contribute more than the other books. And of course, because it's also because of the length of the book. There are 66 books. It's one of those books you have to actually discipline yourself, sit down and read through. It's a long book. It's a long book. But it's not only on the size. I found that Isaiah, the book Isaiah, gives varied content. Varied content which actually help us to actually uh, indulge in. There's so many things in there for us to actually meditate on and to be enriched by. Now, there are three strands of reason why I feel Isaiah is much of much significance. And it's definitely profitable for us, for our church to travel on this path. It's going to be a long journey. The plan at the moment stands that we're going to do Isaiah in 57 weeks. 57 weeks. But we have already cut short by a few books, right? There are 66 chapters in Isaiah and we're going to do 57 weeks. Now, so it'll be a long journey. Uh, the elders say halfway we'll probably take a breath and then reconsider how we are going. But I really hope that we can reach at the end of the end Isaiah and actually enjoy the whole book by itself. Now, there are three strands of reason why I find that Isaiah as a book is beneficial, is profitable. I'll first start by the New Testament testimonies on the significance of the book. I'll start by getting the New Testament testimony on how important the book of Isaiah is. Then I'll proceed on to give you a limited overview and this is to show you the broad spectrum of topic for us to contend with. I'll give you a limited overview. And finally, I'll leave this academic part and tell you a story of how God's word in Isaiah intersected with somebody's life in the most dramatic way. In the most dramatic way. Let's start by the New Testament testimony. 
Now, if you have a Bible, you find at the bottom of your Bible, we call footnote of cross-references. Okay, most of the Bible, you have that footnote and cross-references. Now, I find that if you look at the footnote, at the New Testament document, every writer of the New Testament, every writer of the New Testament, with exception of James and Jude, the letter of James and Jude, every writer contained references to the book of Isaiah. Now, not all books of the Old Testament were referred to. Not all books of the Old Testament were referred to. But, and only few were. But every book, every book of the New Testament, with exception of James and Jude, which is a short letter, have references to Isaiah. And even the book of James, James used some of the simile of Isaiah. He did actually also use Isaiah. I did not know why the, the publisher of the Bible didn't include that as a cross-reference. So, to the, to, the, to the New Testament writers, all of them have Isaiah as one of the basis of reference to writing the New Testament. For example, Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, when Matthew was writing about the birth of Jesus Christ, Matthew 1.22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet Isaiah. You put the bracket Isaiah because he said, The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And that is found in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And in Matthew chapter 12 verse 15, it describes Jesus' ministry. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from the place, from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he listened, and he, and he healed all who were ill. Verse 16, he warned them not to tell others about him. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah says. Again, Jesus also referred to the prophet Isaiah. And what did Isaiah says here? Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit in on him and he will proclaim justice to the nation. So Jesus actually referred his ministry to what was revealed to the prophet Isaiah and what Isaiah put in writing. Now let's turn to another gospel, Luke's account. When Luke was looking at the ministry of John the Baptist, John the Baptist, in chapter 3, verse 4 to 6, he cross-referenced of what John was doing to what was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. Luke chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. Let me read. A voice, uh, as it was written in the book of the word of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the path for him. Every valley shall be filled in, and every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. That is coming from Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 3 to 5. 
And the very first few preaching which Jesus did, when he started off ministry, Jesus went to the synagogues as recorded by Luke. He went to the synagogues uh, recorded by Luke chapter 4 verse 16 to 21. He went to Nazareth. He went, Jesus went to Nazareth where he was brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. I did have the pleasure to go to that particular synagogue. It was run down but the main structure is still there and because that was historically that's the only synagogue there you know when you touch the, the rock maybe my lord and savior had touched that rock as well that was the feeling of it but sorry about that distraction but he went as it was his custom and jesus he stood up and the scroll of the prophet isaiah was handed to him Unrolling it, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's labor. Again, our Lord Jesus used the book of Isaiah. The Lord used the book of Isaiah. And he proclaimed, this is me, fulfilled in this particular prophet writing. Paul's, uh, Paul's writing. What about Paul's writing? You find that two-thirds of Paul's references to the Old Testament is from the book of Isaiah around two-thirds. So Paul actually used Isaiah to actually think through what Jesus did, what was fulfilled, almost the New Testament's new way of thinking through the book of Isaiah. So the book of Isaiah must have been an important reference scripture for this writer and I believe also for the church at that time. You must understand that it was only up to 60 AD before the first writing started to come up. And, you know, the first writing of the New Testament come up. So what do the church have? The church have the Old Testament. And based on what I see and what I read, the book of Isaiah become one of the central reference points of their devotion, of their thinking. So the book of Isaiah... The book of Isaiah, with all the, 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 the many, many uh, content which is uh, uh, far-ranging, must have helped them in their spiritual walk, in the understanding of what Jesus did in the worship of God. So, now it, it may not be the complete meal of a dinner, but I believe Isaiah could be a lunchbox. A lunchbox which the mother dutifully, fully, carefully prepare for the kid. A complete lunchbox. And I find that we can actually look at Isaiah that way too. It will give us a whole range where we will, God will touch our heart at different stages on different things. So, that is the New Testament testimony of these people who, who shared 
that Isaiah is an important book for us to consider. Now let's look at the overview of the content of the book of Isaiah. Overview of the book of the content of the book of Isaiah. First, we must, add, we must look at it in a superstructure way. A superstructure, what is the main thoughts? In the beginning, first, first chapter, we have man in rebellion, in rejection from God, and facing God's anger, and man is living in decay. Chapter 1. At the end of it, in chapter 66, we see God's new heaven and new earth. A completion. A problem and a problem solved. In the middle of it, we have the Messianic prophecy. For example, Isaiah 53, 4 to 6, the solution which God provides. So these are the superstructure we actually have as we get to the book of Isaiah. And in the middle of it, we can hang all other detail, all other uh, relevant uh, issues within the context, within the context. So we must understand this first, this superstructure. Now if we are interested in end time, three years I was here, more than three years I was here, slightly maybe a bit more, I have never actually heard that we actually deal seriously the thought of eschatology. Now it's a big word, but it means the, the study and the consideration of end time second coming of Christ, or the next coming of Christ. Whether you are pre-trip, A-trip, A-meal, pre-meal, or past-meal. I do not know which meal you are taking. But these are serious things we can do because we are looking for the coming of Christ. And right now, actually, now I'm not a prophet, okay? But I do see a lot of convergence. Convergence of world issues that maybe there is a possibility that don't quote me, alright. The Christ may come quite soon. The evil days are coming quite near. But these are the things which we think of. But we can find in Isaiah chapter 2. When the person preached Isaiah chapter 2, we have this eschatological uh, thing to consider. And I have called, I have talked to David Wilson, and he's doing Isaiah chapter 2, and I say, why don't you just also give us this range of different thinking? So you see that Isaiah have that too. The end time. And I think within other parts of Isaiah, this will crop up again. Alright? Now what about social justice and concern? Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17. Seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the cause of widows. We have that in Isaiah. Not only up there, but how we should live. How we should live. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17. Social justice and concern. I'm just going a, a glance through all these, these uh, topics which we can have in Isaiah. What about materialism? How we are now indulging with a materialistic world, world and we are really indulging into a lot of materialism. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 18. He talked about people reveling in their fineries of bangle, headband, crescent necklace, earring, bracelet, and the like, while they are spiritually bankrupt. And you remember that, that, that you know that one saying, let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Uh, let's 
eat, drink, and be merry. Not get married. <laughs> Let's eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. I think the first, one of the first uh, uh, incidents, uh, what first quote come, is actually from Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 22, verse 13, it says, Let us eat and drink. For tomorrow we die. It just missed out the part of Mary. So you see that Isaiah actually have a range of things we can actually talk about and consider. And always within the context of this superstructure, man is saying, God provide a solution and we will actually finally have God restored the new heaven and the new earth. I go on. What about hypocrisy? About superficiality in worship, in religion? Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1, God put a stage where He said, Please stop coming to, in our context, please stop coming to church. I'm sick of you coming to church. He's telling the people there. Because you come with the wrong heart. I don't need that. Your burnt offering, your religious festival, say, please stop. Don't come. Now every time I come to worship, I always have to ask myself a question. And it's become very difficult for me if I worship at home. I find to, to draw my, 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 my attention to, to really worship the Lord. And I'm glad that we are now open to worship together. But we have to always question our worship to the Lord. Will God stay? Andrew, stay at home. Go and play your golf. I'm sick of you coming to this church. Will you say to me that? Because I'm thinking of my golf game as I'm worshipping now. So Isaiah gives us that in chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. That part is considered. Now what about ethics? The question of ethics. Right and wrong in society. And this is a very big issue in our world today. What is right and what is wrong? Is it not true that we are governed by social pressure and legislation that do not originate from common sense, do not originate from conscience and less from God's word? Because common sense and conscience to me many times point out to how God created our heart to actually respond to right and wrong because God's word resides in our conscience. And now we have, uh, we are governed by popular votes. An issue come up, we'll vote for it. So, it's a percentage game. Or by loud activists. People who shout out loud. And we quiver and we say, Oh, you shout too loud. Okay, I follow you. Or by politics of dictators. These are important issues for us. Just one. Abortion. I think you know what I mean. So, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. It was a reversal. And I believe God say woe, and indeed it's woe. We pay now, and we pay later on, if we do not follow God's rule. 
We will have the consequences now, personally and in society, if we do not follow God's rule. And we'll meet Him in judgment if we actually reject His rule. We pay now and we pay later. Woe if we say evil good and good evil. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. I'll go to two more. There's a lot of items which, which we can go. Uh, Messianic prophecy for, for us is very important. The Messianic prophecy. How in Isaiah, Jesus was prophesied and Jesus came to fulfill in the gospel his role. His role. Messianic prophecy in a lot. The whole book of Isaiah. Okay? Whole book of Isaiah. For example, 9 verse 6, 53, uh, 4, 4 to 5. 53 verse 4 to 5 was the solution. Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrow. He was pierced for our transgression. What description of the cross of Christ? Okay, I just get one more. That's still a lot, alright? What about the spiritual world? Satan. Lucifer was marked down in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 11 to 17. How, how you have fallen, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of dawn, because you want to be God. Lucifer is mentioned in the book of Isaiah. Now I've done only, I've read the whole book many, few times, listened to it when I was sleeping and fall asleep in chapter 6 or 7, you know. But I've read through, consciously read through it. And what I give you is only an outline from the 30th chapter which I did. An outline, a brief outline, cursory outline. But there's much more. I have not come to the crucial part. Now, Isaiah has 66 books. How many books have you got in the Bible? 66 chapters. How many books have you got in the Bible? 66. How many Old Testament books have you got? 39. 39, correct. New Testament, 27. Now, by stroke of coincidence or whatever, the book of Isaiah have this division. The first 39 chapter, you have the Old Testament feel. Old Testament field where the law become predominant and God's judgment become an overhanging thing. You don't do right, you'll be punished. Breaking through is chapter 40 onward. The glory of the Messiah, the restoration. Now, you must remember this, alright? The chapter was given to us only, I think, in the 1100. Somebody wrote, uh, start to divide it. So we cannot say this is inspired. That, But somehow God moves the hand of man. So there's this deep division. You can say that the book of Isaiah is a Bible in miniature. I'm quoting David Pawson. David Pawson says, Isaiah is a, mind, a book, a Bible in miniature. The first 39 book is the Old Testament. The next 27 book is the New Testament. Bring so much more. Handel's Messiah. Handel is a musician. I'm sure you heard of the Messiah. Comfort me, comfort me. Chapter 40. He starts from there. So if we were to actually miss this opportunity to complete the book of Isaiah, I think we're going to miss a lot. 
We're going to miss a lot. Because the, the best part, you know, you, you go and you just have dessert. And before the main meal comes, and sorry, you have the entree. You have the entree. And before the main meal comes, you already stop already. You just smell the... Uh, no, I think we should try. Of course, we give ourselves some, some, some pace, maintain our interest, and, uh, and with the varied things which the speaker can bring forward, we should, and, and please study yourself too. If you have care group, maybe this is one way to actually keep our stamina, our interest to be sustained. Alright? So, the book of Isaiah, this content, and I'm excited over it. I'm excited over it. Now let me finish with a story. Now you've been wondering why, Brian was wondering why I chose the book of Acts to actually introduce you to the book of Isaiah. Okay? Now, I hope all of you remember the story of Philip. He was taken by the Spirit of God to meet the Ethiopian eunuch at a journey, intercept. The Ethiopian just came back from Jerusalem. And what was he carrying? The popular bestseller scroll. He bought the scroll of Isaiah. I don't know what else he bought. But definitely that was what he was reading, the book of Isaiah. He was a eunuch. And during the time, children at, at very early age was, were, were actually uh, uh, captured, forced to be eunuch against their will because they bear the shame all through their life. Some are like him, this Ethiopian eunuch, because it, it was because they are now eunuch, they can actually serve in the queen's palace. They are safe people. And that's why they are made eunuch. Same in the culture of China too. They are made eunuch because to make them, you know, don't touch, don't, don't impregnate the, the, the maid or whatever in the palace. So he was carrying this shame. Although he had already received a high ranking, he was a eunuch. So he read this book, Isaiah 53, and through that, he became... A child of God. A child of God. He was restored. But that's not the end of the story. I want you all now, all of us together, turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 56. 56, Isaiah 56. I'll read if you don't have the Bible. Isaiah 56. So he have read Isaiah 53. He now moved to Isaiah 54, 55, and 56. And what did he read in Isaiah 56? 56 verse 3 says, Let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. He is a foreigner. And he say, let, And let not any eunuch complain. I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord say to the eunuch who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorable, a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. Can you imagine his tears must fall out at this restoration of God 
Wow! I hope that in our journey through the book of Isaiah, we'll have this experience that the Lord will speak directly to us personally, not from just this pulpit, but through your reading. And maybe also through this, this, this pulpit too, through your Bible study. And that's where it counts. When the Lord speaks to our heart, the Lord restores us. The Lord comforts us. The Lord points us. The Lord enriches us. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? My Father in heaven, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for such a book which shows us your love for us. You left us, left me inadequate to, dear Lord God, to tell the joy which I find in this book. But I'm sure your Holy Spirit will have been working through our heart, dear Lord God. I pray, dear Lord God, for the next coming week, we will get so rich and so, so, so moved by the Spirit that the book of Isaiah, together with various parts of the Scripture, dear Lord God, will help us, dear Lord God, to worship you and you alone. Thank you, dear Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.